0: Good morning, everybody. I'm glad to see all of you here today. It is a good day for us to be able to gather together and to celebrate what it means to be the people of God. We have gathered here today because God has called us into this place and He has promised to meet us here. And I thank you for coming to join us for Consecration Sunday. To Consecrate is to, is to, pledge, to pledge to God something that is, that is holy and that's sacred, asking God's blessings upon it. It is to give our lives to God, to give other parts of our lives to God, and to ask God to bless that and to offer it to Him. We have come here today to celebrate the our consecration Sunday, and we are glad that you are here. This is your first time here. Welcome. There should be a cadet card in the pew rack right in front of you. We hope you would do that and, and let us know that you have been here. If you have prayer concerns, put it on that same card drop it in the offering plate, and we'll be happy to get in touch with you or to respond to you in any way that you need. But just let us know that on the card, and we'll try to respond. If you're joining us via live stream, welcome. We are glad that you are here as well. You can go to the address that you'll see on your screen and let us know that you've been here. If you have prayer concerns, write to us and let us know that, and we'll try to respond to you as well. But we're glad you're joining us. Thank you for being here. We hope that you will continue to do that. This is a day that the Lord has given us as a blessing. And we are here to celebrate that blessing. Let's go to our Lord in prayer. Holy God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the the wonder that comes with, with living here with you, with joining you in this place, with celebrating what it means to be the people of God. Help us, O oh Lord, to bring our best to you as we gather here today. Help us to offer our lives to you as fully as, as we know how. And help us to know that before we ever walked into this room, you were waiting for us. And that you want to be with us. Help us to want to be with you as fully as we possibly can. For it's in your name we pray. Amen. It would have helped if I had introduced our guest speaker. And it, Dave Washburn is not only one of my closest friends in the world, but he is the treasurer of the Baptist General Association of Virginia. He's the, the primary administrator of that organization, and I would be even amiss to say that it would not run very well without him being there. He has been here before and preached for us, and he is an okay preacher. So we're, <laughs> <laughs> so we're excited to have him back with us. Welcome, Dave. We're glad you're here. <laughs> Bow your heads and let's pray. Precious God, we thank you so much for all that you provide for us and for the joy that we have in giving it all back to you. God, we are thankful that you've brought us to this place today, and we are thankful for these songs and these words that help us really center our minds and our hearts on you and what you have for us to hear in this message today, Lord. Right now, we ask that you quiet the busyness of the week And the challenges that may have been dealt our way and and help us to focus and fixate on you. Help us to hear the words you want us to hear. God, we are so thankful for you. We love you and we ask all of these, these wonderful things in your name we pray. Amen.
1: good morning from this okay preacher who stands before you. (laughs) You know there's nothing like friends like Tommy McDearest and uh, but I do want to thank you for the invitation to to be with you this morning. It's Paul and I thoroughly enjoyed the occasion we had with you last year when you celebrated your 170th anniversary as ministry here in Blacksburg and it's wonderful to be Invited back again, and especially to spend some time with good friends, with Tommy and Susan, and to your wonderful congregation. Thank you for the, the warm welcome you have provided, and for the time that we get to, to spend together. This is one of the aspects of uh, the work I do with BJV that I thoroughly enjoy being out with churches that we share ministry and mission with, but especially to be in this place uh, with uh, such good friends and, and Tommy and Susan. So thank you for the opportunity to be with you today. And as Tommy's been telling me about what, what y'all been going through, the, the sermon series over the past few weeks in which you've been considering how it is that you're going to give yourself to God in the coming year through not only your, your tithes and offerings, but with your talents, with your time, how you're going to invest in the ministries of this church in the way that they are going to make an impact not only in this community but across North America and around the world. So this Sunday, this Consecration Sunday is a day uh, where we present ourselves to God in a way that we are making commitments about who we're going to be together. And that's the most important aspect to me about what we are worshiping and celebrating today. So this morning for our, our scripture passage we're going to be in Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, we're going to be in the eighth chapter, and we're going to read the first nine verses together. So if you have your Bibles, I invite you to read and follow along, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 through 9. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy So we urged Titus, just as he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, so that you also excel in this grace of giving. I'm not commanding you, But I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for our sake he became poor, so that you, through this poverty, might become rich. May the word of our Lord bring a blessing to each of us today. know when we think about this this time together coming together to worship in this way and to to celebrate all that it is that God is doing in our midst we all arrive from different perspectives we are united as the body of Christ but we each bring our own individuality to what we are doing and so on this consecration Sunday on this time where we come together to worship and to offer ourselves to God, we bring the best of who we are. We bring the best that God has created within us, and we bring the best that God is doing within us. And so with that as our, our backdrop in this idea that we're going to consecrate ourselves to God, you know, we we arrive at this time understanding that Within this consecration, there's much for us to give and consider and think about as we move into this time together. Now, the season that we are in is we're right on the the precipice of the holiday season. But, you know, if you go into any of the big box stores, if you go into Lowe's, if you go into Walmart, if you go into any of those places, the way that they have already had their displays, they're telling us that it's Christmas. Everything that they have out, it's Christmas time. And now I'm going to admit that I resist this with every fiber in my being because there are a few things for me that have to take place. You know, first, we've got to get past at least Halloween. Now, that's going to come this week. <laughs> we've at least got to turn our clocks back an hour. That's going to come this coming, this next weekend. But then there's also the idea that, to me, that the weather has got to cooperate. You know, We have like, seven seasons in Virginia, because, you know, we, we have summer and then we have fake fall, and then we go back to summer, and then we have fake fall again. And then we have the third summer. And so but we've got to get fully into fall. To where winter is coming before I can even emotionally, spiritually, or mentally shift to the holiday season. But it's so appropriate that you've set aside this day, this Consecration Sunday, on what literally and figuratively is the front porch to the holiday season to Thanksgiving and Advent. And there are a couple of characteristics that draw us into that holiday season that are so important for us today on this Sunday and that is generosity rooted In gratitude. There's a story of a monastery that was known for its devotion to silence. That all those who entered and wanted to serve there, that had the discipline of silence. They could not speak at all. Except at the end of each year, there was a time where they could speak two words to the abbot. And so this monk, he, he became part of this order, and he was very disciplined in this vow of silence, and he, he took his responsibility and, and his jobs and his chores very seriously. And he got to the end of that first year, and he went and he sat in the, in the office of the abbot, and he said, food, bad. And he got up, and he walked out, and he went around his business, and he took care of his responsibilities and his chores, and he was committed to this vow of silence, and the second year ended. And he came into the abbot's office, and he sat down, and he said, room, small. And so he got up, and he went out, and he went about his business, and he maintained his devotion to this silence, and he went about his chores and his responsibilities. And he came in at the end of the third year, and he said, bed, uncomfortable, uncomfortable. And he went out and he went about his responsibilities, took care of his chores and all of his jobs and maintained this devotion to silence. And he came in at the end of his fourth year and he said, won't out. And the abbot looked at him and said, I'm not surprised. All you've ever done is complain the whole time you've been here. (laughs) When it comes to life, there is a great deal we can find To complain about. All you've got to do is is watch or, or read the news and recognize that there is much that we could complain about. You know, there's trouble in the economy, there's trouble between nations, you know, there's trouble in our streets, there's trouble in our schools. Some of us have troubles in our homes, and if we look around hard enough, we can find things to complain about. An interesting thing happens when we take on that persona, when, when we find things we want to complain about. It's often rooted in a level of fear. You know, and, and, and when we're, we're fearful, we become uncertain. And when we're uncertain, then we tend to want to hold everything close. You know, If you're fearful, you, you tend to want to reach out for everything that's yours, and you hold on to it tightly. Because you're afraid something's going to happen to it. And that fear leads to greater uncertainty. It's interesting. As people of faith we are told to not fear. To not be afraid. Yet it can be something that we struggle with that that fear can, can overcome us in the scripture that we just read out of 2nd Corinthians if there was any group of people who had the right to be fearful and the right to complain it was the Macedonian churches see the, the severe trial that Paul is referring to is they were being persecuted because of their faith because they had confessed and professed faith in Jesus Christ they were being persecuted and these people were living in abject poverty this wasn't a case where they were struggling to get by I mean this was scraping the bottom of the barrel poverty so they're being persecuted They're trying to figure out how to live in in, in squalor, basically. And yet we are told they had an overflowing joy that led to overwhelming generosity. How is that possible? This overwhelming joy in the midst of how they were being treated and being forced to live. In another letter that Paul wrote to the Thessalonians, when he is concluding that letter, he says this, give thanks in all circumstances for it is the will of God for you through Jesus Christ give thanks in all circumstances really I've had circumstances in my life that I was not thankful for in the years that I've been a pastor I've walked alongside of people whose Circumstances in their lives were not anything to be thankful for. And that's because there is a subtle way that Paul is telling us this. And it's that preposition give thanks in all circumstances. He doesn't say give thanks. For all circumstances. Because, you know, we don't give thanks for cancer. We don't give thanks for war between countries and nations. We don't give thanks for mass shootings. We don't give thanks for hate-filled assault and crimes. We don't give thanks for being bullied at school. We don't give thanks For being shunned or left out. We don't give thanks for all circumstances. We can give thanks in the midst of those circumstances. Have you ever met people who are just so full of joy? They have an outlook on life. They have an attitude of gratitude for all that they encounter each and every day. In the first church we served together, Paul and I, in Earliesville, Virginia, there was a woman in our church whose license plate was smiling. And it was the truth. Debbie smiled all the time. Now I've got to admit, there were some days that it irritated the fire out of me. Because <laughs> that was not the mood I was in, but that was Debbie. She had an attitude of gratitude in all of life. And isn't, isn't it amazing that when we can have that perspective, when in the midst of all of life's circumstances... We can have gratitude. And it's because Debbie knew. And for all who maintain that that posture and perspective. It's because there's an understanding. That God. Is with us. In the midst. That God has not. And will not abandon us. And it is because of our deep rooted faith. That we can grab hold. Of an attitude of gratitude. In how we approach life. And so this Sunday. This consecration Sunday. It is the crescendo of all. That you have been considering over these past few weeks. About how you're going to give of yourself. With your time. How you're going to give of yourself with your talents. And how you're going to give of yourself with through your treasure and your money. And it's when we have gratitude as our foundation, it is then that we can give generously of ourselves to the kingdom of God. Generosity rooted in gratitude. It comes from God. And God modeled it for us. I want you to think with me. About the ways that God has modeled for us. How it is. That we can have generosity. Rooted in gratitude. It goes back to creation. Remember the story. Every time that that God created something. At the end of that particular day. He stated it was good. And that continued. Until he got to the highest level of his creation you and me God created you and me in his image and he said it was good that was God's way of being grateful for you and me have you ever thought about the fact that God is grateful for you. And God is grateful for you. And God is grateful and thankful for you. So God's gratitude began with His gratefulness that we were created in His image. So that means no matter where you've been in life, No matter where you are in life, no matter where you may be struggling in life, God is thankful for you. And it was because of that thankfulness, that gratitude for us as his creation, that he gave so generously. So God started with with a, a grateful disposition that allowed him to give generously to us, in the form of his son, Jesus Christ. So through that that incarnation, when God took on human flesh and came to us in Jesus, that was the fullest expression of God's gratitude for you and me. And so let's think about what that generosity of Jesus meant. You know, Emmanuel is God with us. God with you God with me. And let's think about all the different ways that today we can connect with each other through technology. You know, you can text, you can email, you can blog, you can tweet, you can YouTube, you can TikTok. You can do all kinds of things to stay connected. But there is no with in the midst of that. So when God decided to give generously, he didn't text, he didn't email, he didn't tweet, he didn't TikTok. God gave us with. God is with us. So when you think about what you're going to be committing to Today. And as you've been thinking about it and praying about it, in what ways have you experienced the width of God? God's gratitude for us as His creation was expressed through His generosity in the width. Now, also, alongside of that width, is God gave relationally, personally, and thoughtfully. Now, how many times have you ever opened up a gift and you've looked at it and you thought, what in the world is this? And what am I going to do with it? Now, because your mama raised you right, those thoughts did not come out of your mouth. Your manners kept you in check, but you still thought, what in the world? You're thinking, this isn't representative of my relationship with this person. But then let's also be honest. How many times have you thought, oh man, I've got to pick up a gift. I've got to get this person something. And you really don't give it much thought. And you just grab something off the shelf at the welcome center and you wrap it up. And then then there's their gift. And then, too, it's not fully expressive of your relationship. It's not personal, it's not as thoughtful as what it means to be in relationship to each other. When God gave generously through Jesus, it was personal. It was indicative of the relationship he wanted with you and me. And then Jesus lived that out in the way that he related to the disciples. In the way that he related to the crowds. In the way that he healed the leper. In the way that the woman caught in adultery was brought to him. The way he showed her grace, but also pointed her to a different path. The width of God is all because of a personal, thoughtful, and relationship that he has with you and me. And then also, when generosity is rooted in gratitude, along with the width, and along with the personal and the thoughtful and the relational aspect, is it's costly. When God gave us Jesus Christ, it cost him something. And when we give of ourselves, it should cost us something. You know, Paul and I have been married for 32 years and we have three grown adult children they all live and and work in Washington DC and and I'm proud to say that they are they are independent and they are on their own and this is the way that I define that as being on their own and independent one they all have jobs two they all have insurance that they pay for and three this this to me is the true signal they have and pay For their own cell phone. (laughs) So our children. We feel like we've launched them pretty well. You know they call it an empty nest. Because you rear these children. So that they can be launched. Into adulthood. So that they can live lives that are fulfilling. And meaningful. and, And give back to the communities. In which they live. And it was costly. As parents. And I'm not even talking about the the money that comes with rearing children and, and providing education. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about what it costs you emotionally and spiritually as a parent. To watch your children and recognize there's times you've got to let them fall short. And there's times they have to experience that pain in life and you're with them and you walk beside them but you can't protect them from all that life brings of all their times it breaks your heart that's one of the greatest gifts you give to your children as parents and it costs you to do that it cost God a great deal to release his son Jesus to us but that's because God valued the with and he valued a gift that was personal and thoughtful and he knew it was going to cost him because he knew in the end that was the way that we would all be brought together so on this consecration Sunday as you have been thinking and praying for these last few weeks yeah there's been a monetary aspect to it what percent of my income is God calling me to give that's going to cost you something what are the gifts that I have that I can give for the benefit of the ministries of this church that will advance the kingdom that's going to cost you something what's the amount of time that I'm going to give to be here to be part of the ministries that are going to make a difference in this community and throughout the kingdom of God that's going to cost you something But you know, when you live a life that is rooted in gratitude, then you can give generously. You give because of the whiff. You give because it's relational, personal, and thoughtful. And you give because it's going to cost you something. So on this day, with these cards that you've been given and you've prayed over and you've thought about, there's going to be a time for you to give that and present that. And so my hope and prayer for you is that you will live a life that's rooted in gratitude. And that gratitude will show overflowing joy an overwhelming generosity when it comes to your time, your talent, and your treasure. I'm so thankful that God gave in the very same way for you and me. I am better because of it and I thank God and pray to God that collectively we will experience that as well let us pray God we first just give you thanks for your presence in our lives For the gift of Jesus Christ. For the way that your gratitude for us as your creation was fulfilled generously through his life. And may his life, his death, and ultimately his resurrection birth within each of us grateful hearts that allow us to live life generously. In the midst of the with, in the midst of the relational, personal, and thoughtful, and with the understanding that it indeed is going to cost us. All of this we pray in the name of Jesus Christ,
0: amen. This has been an extraordinary day, a day that's filled with excitement, that's filled with joy. You could not have done a better sermon than that. You I hate to say that <laughs> what really makes me sick about dave's preaching is all of his sermons are that good and so thank you dave for coming and doing this today it really has been a joy to to have you it's been a joy the music was great today thank you very much for. Mm. as we come to the close of our service today we've Put pledge cards within your bulletins for everyone to look at. Last week I outlined what I was hoping that we would pledge to, that I want us to pray for our church at least once a week for the rest of this year. I want us to invite at least one person to come with us to some activity of the church between now and Easter. I would like for us to make a pledge to invest our time, our talents, and our gifts in in some ministry of our church during the course of the next 12 months and then i'd like for us to grow one step from that chart that we put before you so that we can be able to do the kinds of things that we are planning during the course of the next year and so as we come to the close of our service today i'm going to ask you to sign these and then turn them in they will be collecting them at the door as you go out and i hope that you will take the time to to make a pledge to be part of what we are trying to do because This is an important time, it's an important season in our church. And I hope that we're going to be able to make the kind of progress that we never imagined during the course of the next year. But it's going to take all of us to be able to do that. And it's going to take investing on every single level to be able to make it happen. And so I am asking you to take part of that. Now I'm asking for one more thing before we leave. We are now at 5,160 items of the 6,000 that we had planned to get for this food drive that we've been doing last year we had a matching gift and we made 6,000 because we turned in 3,000 canned food items and someone else matched the rest of it this year we don't have a matching fund and we're almost at that goal already so help us in the next week to make that goal and to reach the goal that we are trying to get there and i'll make a pledge to also be part of that Today I am asking for your blessings as we come to the close of this service. We're going to be going downstairs to eat a nice meal together. I'm going to bless that meal here, but then I've been asked to give you a little instruction. Go downstairs, find a place to sit, and sit down in it. And then they'll come and get you table by table, and let the, and serve the plates that way. Makes it a little easier for the people that's helping us down there. So, just do it. Yeah. <laughs> let's pray together lord i thank you i thank you for the day that we have had i thank you for the grace that you have given us i thank you for the way we have been blessed for every, in every part of this service today with your holy spirit we have been talking for weeks about spirit-filled stewardship and what i'm asking lord is that you would send your holy spirit to us and everything that we try to do this year Help us to be spirit-filled stewards of our lives to you in all that we try to offer and in everything that we bring. Help us to be the people that you would have us be and to do the best that we can. And yes, it will be costly for us to invest in that. But Lord, it will be worth it because you are with us, you are leading us, you are guiding us, and you are showing us the way. So help us to follow in your footsteps, O Lord and to do what you would have us do, to become what you would have us become, and to enjoy it as we walk with you in giving thanks for all that you bring us and all that you give us. Lord, I ask you to bless the food that we are about to eat and bless the fellowship that we will have together. Let it be a time when we do indeed celebrate what it means to be the people of God in this church at this time. It's an interesting time in our world And we have the opportunity to be a solution to some of the things that we see. Make it so, O God. Make it so for us and for your world. Now may the Lord bless and keep you. And make His face to shine upon you and give you peace. This day and every day, now and forevermore. Amen. God bless you everyone.